Welcome to Keys to Winning, a podcast where we talk about government contracting topics such as proposal development, business development, win strategies, and more. Keys to Winning, produced by AOC Key Solutions, a leading bid and proposal development firm, gives you a chance to learn from leaders and experts in their fields. I'm Raymond Thibodeau, today's host of Keys to Winning. Today's topic, the executive summary. The executive summary supposedly encapsulates the complexities of an entire proposal in two to five easy-to-digest pages. That's the goal, anyway. Or is it? We talked to Key Solutions' longtime federal proposal veteran Harry Pritchett about what makes an executive summary good. Harry has spent nearly the past 20 years going from one proposal war room to another, so who better to chat with about executive summaries? Hi, Harry. Thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure to be here. Some see the executive summary as a capture-related document, or, or something developed even before proposal effort is kicked off, mainly to give the team a solid overview of their value proposition, maybe some win themes. So let's talk about when the executive summary should be developed, and then maybe we can we can uh, start talking about what makes an executive summary good. So when should an executive summary be developed? Before or after kickoff? I would say the answer is both. And I would agree that it's best to start it early, especially if you have a mature strategy that you're trying to set out from the beginning. But I would also say don't stop there and go ahead and iteratively improve executive summary as the RFP is released. Maybe there's something in the RFP that you hadn't thought about during the win strategy. Um, Information is going to be gathered and solutions are going to be matured during that process as well. And so you might discover something that's really compelling that just wasn't there during that strategy. So I would say keep improving as you go. And again, it depends on the procurement and the maturity of the strategy and uh, advanced planning that goes on. But yeah, if you can start it early, that's great. But don't stop there. Okay. And it sounds like it's something that it would be good to have for the kickoff, but then it remains an organic document that keeps maturing as the proposal development effort continues, it sounds like. So I would say that is correct. And yeah, certainly it can be very helpful to the team. In some cases, maybe there is a team partner that's added after the kickoff that provides all sorts of unique capabilities and moving some gaps and there was just a lot of unknowns during the initial. So I would say do use it in that way and start thinking strategically at the, at the beginning as you even make your uh, bid decision. But yeah, I would say start it early and keep it going. Before we talk about what makes a good executive summary, I want to get this little question out of the way because it comes up in many proposals. And that is some RFPs don't require an executive summary. How or whether it's scored is another matter. But even if the RFP doesn't require one, mm-hmm. should the capture team or the proposal development team or both include one anyway, almost as a courtesy, if nothing else? I would say unless it's specifically prohibited or maybe in cases of severe page count limitations, I would say an executive summary ought to be included. It's going to set the tone for the entire proposal and you do it correctly, it's going to provide that favorable first impression. It's going to help make the evaluator want to read the rest of the proposal. And that's very important in today's competitive market. Okay. And this is kind of an overview question, um, kind of like a broad stroke type question. I'm half expecting a broad stroke answer back. But the idea is what makes an executive summary good? That's a really good question. Um, I think the most important thing is that it 
focus is not only on the solution and the discriminating features, but really integrates that into what it is that the customer needs. So I think you've got to have a customer focus. You have to have an understanding of what their overall vision is, what are they buying, what are the services and products, and how does your solution fit into the context of that, and how does it benefit them in ways that other offerers uh, may not. I, w- I would say those are the absolute keys. As far as structure, and I think you and I have talked about this before, and I, I know you've addressed this in one of your recent blogs, is that the executive summary, does, does it need to address the Section L elements, or is it somehow above the strictures of compliance with Section L, and it kind of stands on its own and tells its own story? I think it can follow L, but it doesn't have to. Ideally, it would not be bad to do that. And in some cases, uh, there's a strategy where you make it a summary of the proposal itself going in the exact same order. But I would say don't be overly focused on compliance here unless there are some instructions in the RFP. You must organize the executive summary this way. And also, there are some RFPs that require the proposal to have a really complex organization structure. You have sections that do not follow each other logically and you're going to be stuck with that in the proposal itself because you, you have to comply. There's uh, no way around that. But the executive summary, you're not. So I would say do not get overly concerned about that and instead maybe organize it by the customer concerns. You know, It might include the formal Section M evaluation criteria or some known hot buttons, risks, challenges. You know, what matters most to the customer keeps them up at night. Here's where you're going to be able to tell a compelling story. Okay, and we're talking as though the executive summary is between two and five pages in length, which is fairly common. But either way, whether it's two pages or five pages, there's not a lot of room for exhaustive detail about your solution or the discriminators or or the uh, big advantages that you bring to the table. It is enough room for a decent summary of all those things. And so is there a natural tension between overview and summary versus specific detail? I would say that you want to not get into the weeds with the detail, but you want to include enough detail to back up your claims and to have some sort of proof. But it might be more of a general statement rather than a detailed table with a lot of numbers. We were talking earlier about whether you do it first or you do it as the proposal is written. And I would say keep going back to the proposal to see how it's developing and maturing and then look for those things that are really compelling and then distill it down to what matters. What would an evaluator want to look at in just a few pages so that they can make that decision that, hey, I'm excited about this. I want to go ahead and read the rest of the proposal. Mm. One of my questions was, what are some of the things that you'd like to see in an executive summary? But as we've been talking, I'm getting a a feel for the types of things that you like to see in an executive summary. Some of the things that we haven't talked about are some of the visual elements. And I, I think graphics typically, graphics are particularly effective in the executive summary does that kind of jibe with your experience and what kinds of graphics do the best in an executive summary format? That's a great question. I think you definitely want some sharper visuals. You want to convey information in a concise manner um, and uh, visuals are definitely great for that. I think you can want to avoid detailed flow charts. That's going to probably go in your you know technical approach or your management and you want to show relationships, I think, is really important. Um, I've seen some and helped develop some where 
you sort of have some input and challenges and then how those tie to the solution. And again, you're really getting back to the customer focused and uh, addressing their hot buttons, their concerns, what keeps them up at night. But, you know, I would say graphics and show solutions and relationships tend to do better. One of the graphics that I often see, or at least a version of in the executive summary or the concept of operations, which is how your solution fits in with what they're asking for. Maybe that's a bad way of putting it, but the idea that you visually convey your whole management and operational elements within one graphic. Is that too much for an executive summary and, and would shine brighter in the technical volume? I think it depends on the page count you have and the level of complexity of the proposal. I think it can be a mistake to get caught up in a huge, complicated 11 by 17 concept of operations that has to be all things to all people. On the other hand, I think when it's done well, it can be very compelling. It can be very powerful. And so it's really a matter of that's one of the options that you have for the executive summary. It's one of the tools, but use it when it's appropriate to do so. And it tells the story that you want to tell. The structure of an executive summary is usually the grab what the problem is, what the solution is, the team, and the competitive advantage. Basically, one, two, three, four, five mm-hmm. elements uh, for the executive summary. Right. So does that structure hold for government proposals generally? I think there's elements that could. I think it's overall a good formula. The mistake that sometimes offers make is they go overboard with the grab, and they focus too much on themselves and their capabilities. And you got to make sure the capabilities are addressing a real problem and you're not just trying to sort of sell something. And so, yeah, the standard you were talking about does talk about the problem and solution. I think that's good. But regardless of those elements, I think you need to start it with a customer focus and think about, okay, what's the customer's vision? How does the product or service being procured fit within that vision? And then how does the company's proposal benefit the customer within the context of that vision so that it means something to them and they're thinking, oh, this is tailored to one of the challenges that we're dealing with and it's a solution that's going to you know, move us forward. That's excellent. Thank you for the, being on the podcast, Harry. You're welcome. I'm Raymond Thibodeau and this has been Keys to Winning from AOC Key Solutions Incorporated or KSI, a consulting firm that has helped companies across the country win billions of dollars in federal contracts. Learn more at www.aockeysolutions.com or follow us on LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe for more podcasts in this series and thank you for listening.